Praise the Lord, everybody. I like what I feel in the house of the Lord. No better place to be than God's house. I'd rather be here than the White House, for sure. I'd rather be here than the best hospital in town. I'd rather be here than in Branson, and I like Branson. Just, just left there. And I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the greatest place that we could gather. And I count it an honor to stand in this pulpit today. Thank you, Elder Sampson, for the invitation. Give honor to him, Sister Sampson, and all the rest of the Sampsons. And I uh, just got to meet them uh, Elder and Sister Sampson, Thursday night in Longhorns, and, and uh, enjoyed getting to know them, enjoying the fellowship. Thank you for the room and the goodies. But I've come to have church today. Anybody hungry? Anybody come expecting? God's still able. He's still a miracle worker. He's still filling people with the Holy Ghost. He's still in control. He knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. And it's funny that you said what you did just a few minutes ago, that you're looking at me wondering if I can preach. And, and uh, after having traveled for many years off and on and sat where you sit today, I understand that. And uh, I'm here by the grace and mercy of Almighty God. And uh, just to give you a little bit, bit of background, because now I can't do that. I can't hand this mic around and let you give me your background because we'd be here all day long. But uh, born and raised in this fifth generation Pentecost, my three girls are sixth generation Pentecost. But you know what? That means diddly squat if I don't get it for myself. I'm thankful for my heritage and um, God's been good to us and um, he's a miracle working God. Yes, he is. We're living in a world, it's already been said, it's falling apart. They're looking for answers. If you're here today... And you do not know him in the power of the resurrection. He's the answer. He doesn't just have the answer. He is the answer. He's our only hope today. Without him, there is no hope in life. Hallelujah. So I'm glad to be here. I wish my family was here with me. God's blessed me with a beautiful wife and three beautiful girls. And um, before too much longer, I may look like Brother Sampson with no hair. Because one turned 23 yesterday, the other one's 21, and the other one's fixing to turn 16, and they all think they fell in love. Daddy's having to pray through daily. I didn't come to talk about that, but young people hear this preacher, you better make sure you get the right one. It is the second most important decision you will make in all of your life behind receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost because it will affect the rest of your life forever. Amen. If your pastor doesn't feel good about it and your mom and dad don't feel good about it, you better kill it. You better stop it yesterday. Oh, but you don't know how they make you feel. Let me tell you something. If you're getting married based on feelings alone, you're marrying for the wrong reason. (laughs) 
I've evangelized, I've pastored. Now that I've done those two, I've preached. Brother Sampson, for a few men, they said, you're not an evangelist, you're a pastor evangelist. I don't know. You hope you didn't come expecting wow today because I'm not a wow preacher. I'm just a simple boy from Louisiana. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, stand with me today. Exodus chapter number 32. Again, it is an honor to be here. I count it a high honor when a man has never heard me preach before. He's going off recommendation. And, uh, but I'm just going to try to be myself today. Exodus chapter number 32, one verse of scripture. And then we'll flip to 1 Corinthians and then Ephesians. Sounds like a lot, but it's just a few scriptures. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 6. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. By the way, this is an absolutely gorgeous facility. And uh, you have something to be very proud of. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 7. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Ephesians chapter number 5. The Apostle Paul writing again, verse number 15. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15. See then that ye walk circumspectfully, carefully, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. If you'll put your Bibles down, lift your hands, and this is really important, lift your voice and let's ask God to help us today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for what we already feel in your house. God, I pray, I humbly stand before you. I'm nothing. I'm the least of all, God, but anoint my mind and my lips of clay. Put the words in my mouth. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, God. And before we leave this house today, fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Renew the lukewarm. Set us on fire again, God. We thank you for what you're going to do. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. The outset of this message today, every year, the president gives what he calls a State of the Union address. For just a minute or two, I want to give us the state of the world we live in. Sitting in the bed last night on my iPad, on the internet, I wrote it down at approximately 10, 12. These were some of the headlines, main headlines on some of the news sources. Man loses two-thirds of his business because he speaks out against Pride Month. Another young man, this one really caught my attention. 911 call. How many saw this article? He saw aliens in his backyard. They have the cops there, folks. We're living in a world that has lost its mind. 
Another one, a new amended bill will punish parents for refusing to affirm their child's gender identity. Biden speaks at a pride event. Listen to what he said. Bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. Here's another one, a popular restaurant chain, Cracker Barrel. They're in hot water because on their front porch they have a now a pride rocking chair and they're taking the hit on social media. Different direction. Hundreds attend church services generated by AI. We think the internet's bad, folks. AI is fixing to expose some things. Here's another one. White supremacy and Christians are linked. See, that's always happened everywhere else. It's in our front yard now. It's the world we're living in. And this morning, the one that caught my attention at 6.50 was a Utah school removes the Bible. I didn't make this up, Brother Sampson, because of vulgarity and violence. A parent had the gall to go to the school board and say the Bible was full of pornography. That's the world we're living in. That's America. Reminds me of Romans chapter 1. Because when they knew not God, or when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools. They changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator. Because of this, listen, if this does not meet the headlines that I just read, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, and the list goes on. It's the world you and I are living in. It's in America, and I'm going to take it a step further. Hold on and buckle your seatbelts. Those things are in the apostolic church today. Hallelujah. They're in the church. Get your heads out of the cloud. Get your nose out of the sand. It's in the church. The devil has unleashed his fury against the apostolic church. But you better thank God every day that you live for a man that will stand flat-footed in that pulpit and preach the unadulterated word of God without fear or favor. He's not interested in tickling your ears. He's not worried about your pocketbook. He's interested in your soul. Hallelujah. It's, we're battling. Preachers feel the pressure. Evangelists, pastors. The devil knows that he has but a short time to work. Paul said perilous times. Perilous times will come. Can I tell you they have come. Men, lovers of their own selves. We're living in the most selfish generation the world has ever seen. 
covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural. And again, it's the same thing. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. Ever learning. Ever learning. Never able to come to the knowledge of God. Sitting on an apostolic pew. 10, 15, 20, 30 years and still do not have a revelation of the oneness of the Godhead. Hey, I'm simple today. This is going to be elementary, but I'm telling you, it's burning in me. We can quote it. We can talk about it, but it's not enough. It's got to be deep in your heart that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It is the bedrock. Jesus said upon this rock. What rock? The rock of the revelation of who he is. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm glad I'm one God from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. There's not two, there's not three, there's only one. Oh, preacher, it don't really, oh yes, it matters. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Woo! And Sister Samson, you can stand in pulpits. You can see the glazed over expression. Men get up to preach one God. Well, I've heard that before. Preacher, why don't you preach something new? There is nothing new. Well, preach it with a new twist. There is no new twist. One is one. In the beginning, God. Singular. It's not rocket science, but the devil hates. Hey, folks, he knows there's one God, and he trembles. And yet the majority of the world believe in three. Go figure. Hallelujah. I could keep talking about the state of the world, but I'm not here to do that today. What about the state of God's church? It's just fine. I said it's just fine. Oh, the people in God's church have problems, but his church don't have one problem. It's getting out of here one day, and you hear this preacher, it's not going to limp across the finish line with a stained wedding dress. No, it's going across Stanton. It's going across Victorious. It's a high. Woo! God's church is on the rise. Hallelujah. But as I said, the people have problems. We all have problems. We were born with the greatest problem, sin. And thank God for an Acts 238 salvation plan. You can't shake a preacher's hand and be saved. You can't sign a church card and be baptized into a local assembly. We got the word, we got the story, we got the map, we got God's spiritual global positioning service and system. It's still repentance. Without repentance, there is no salvation. We're living in a Pentecostal world. I'm not here throwing off on anybody, but we better wake up. You better not get hoodwinked and deceived. They're baptizing them by the multiplied thousands and they've never repented. Honey, you're not gonna bury me unless I'm dead. Repentance or hell. And you hear this preacher, it's still the roadblock. Brother Sampson, there are people that will see the, the oneness of God. 
They'll see baptism in Jesus' name, elder. But the minute you tell them no to their sinful lifestyle, because I can go over here and I can do what I want to and still be saved. Not according to that book, you can't. It's still repent. Repent and still die. It started in the garden and it's, the message has never changed. It's still water baptism. You quote it. In the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus. There's only one name. And when you go down any other way, you go down a dry center and you come up a wet center. But when the name of Jesus is called over you, your sins are washed away, never to be remembered against you again. Then God fills you with the Holy Ghost. It's not just an added blessing. It is the initial sign and evidence that you have received God's Spirit into your life. Ooh, and He takes the most unruly member of your body that no man can tame. We're still trying. Let me walk up and slap you and see how much Holy Ghost you have. How many times are you going to turn that cheek? Hallelujah. But, but, oh, hope I don't get in trouble, but I'm going to say it. Don't misunderstand what this preacher is fixing to say. I believe, I know, I've watched it happen just here last week preaching in a service. A young lady I didn't get to preach really. I exhorted at the end, backslider, come back home. God's still filling prodigals with the Holy Ghost again. And if you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have to leave without it. It's for you. But you're going to have to do it God's way. And this is where I cross swords with a lot of people. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit of own upon all flesh. Elder, that started at the day of Pentecost. And it's still happening. And I believe we can grow. I believe God's going to, God the Lord added to the church daily. But I have a hard time believing that this great, great influx of souls. Oh, I knew it'd get quiet. Forget numbers. Forget numbers. The Bible talks about, it talks about great harvest. But let me tell you what else it talks about. It talks about a great falling away. doesn't mean we don't quit knocking doors and but no we're going to reach and God's going to fill whoever he wants to fill with the Holy Ghost that has repented but I'm going to tell you what we got to worry about is some of us who have been here a long time we better make up our mind we better go back to an altar and rededicate and recommit and understand you can reach the whole world but if you're lost what good have you done Tell you what else God says about the church, Ezekiel. He said, go dig in the walls. I don't feel that here today, and I'm glad, Elder. You've got to save pulpit, but there's places I've stood, they don't want you touching their saints. Because they know their sin on the pews. Galore. Just get up and preach fluff and ooh, let's pray everybody through in the house. Let me tell you something. God is not going to fill a ton of people with the Holy Ghost in a mother that is sick. Why do you think the operating room and the delivery room is sterile? 
because you're bringing a new babe and you don't want anything tainting that baby. That's why, hey, it's simple, folks. I've said this. I believe in outreach. I've done it. I've been a part of it. I'm a part of it today. But I stand if apostolic Pentecostal churches would get back to doing what happened in the book of Acts, it would spill out of our sanctuaries into the streets and it would draw people. But how many times, brother, do we leave and somebody runs? How was well? It was this church. But what happened? Ah, same old, same old. Yeah, we had good church. Preacher preached too long. Choir sang too long. Somebody was off key. Brother so and so didn't even shake my hand. You think they want to come to that? However, if you walk into work Monday morning, wow! Hey, let me tell you what Jesus did last night. Let me tell you who got the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you who got up out of the wheelchair. Let me tell you about the blind eyes that were open. It'll draw it did with Jesus. That's why you got to dig sometimes. But what about the state of you and I? This building's not the church. It's simply that it's a building where we gather. You and I are the church. We are the body of Christ. And the representation of the church in the Old Testament is the children of Israel. Three months out of bondage. Every miracle they saw happen in Egypt. Three months out. And the Bible says, and when the people saw that Moses delayed, so much symbol, sim, symbolic preaching done today, and it's, it's all right, I believe in it. I think we got to be careful sometime. We try to symbolize everything. But could it be that Moses would represent Christ going away? He still hasn't come back. And there are people that get weary with well doing, and they've heard all their life, young people, Jesus is coming. Hey, I tell you what, we don't know when he's coming back. We don't even know what's really going on. This message is getting old. I've heard it all my life. And they broke out in a party. Created a God that they could see and touch and feel. And my God, do we ever have idols in the world today? Did you hear this preacher? You know one of the greatest idols among us? Everybody do this right here. This is probably the greatest idol in the world today. Me. Me. What am I going to get out of it? God, what are you going to do for me? God, when are you going to fix my problem? God, when are you going to answer my... They sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. After all they had seen and experienced in just a little delay, they begin to play. If you'll give me just a few minutes, I want to preach today. There's no time for playing around. Pentecost, wake up. There's no time. I said it. I'm fifth generation Pentecost. My children are sixth. 
And I'm going to say it again. That means nothing if somewhere I didn't get it for myself. I'm working on putting it in my baby's heart. I'm going to tell you something. I want to help anybody and everybody that I can be saved. But Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and we forget this. He said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Paul added to it. He said, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. For in doing so, you will save yourself and them that hear you. We're living in a religious world, dare say a Pentecostal world where things are being allowed and changes are being made at rapid at a rapid pace and people are, their head is spinning. I'm telling you, it's no time to play around. They crossed the Red Sea, manna from heaven, water from the rock. And verse eight, when God saw what was going on, he said, my God, how quickly they have turned aside from the commandment that I gave them. God's people, Paul said, you're so soon removed from the gospel. Here comes Moses. I could stop and preach on this a while, but I won't, but I want to hit it. Joshua said, man, that sounds like war. Moses said, oh, no. Uh -uh. That's not songs of victory, as one translation puts it, or defeat, but a throwing party. Moses knew something didn't sound right. Brother Sampson, you've been there, I've been there. It looks good to the naked eye. But the sound, mm, wait, wait, wait. Elder, that just don't sound right. It, it looks right. I'm gonna tell you, you better make sure it sounds right. Looks can be deceiving. But there's a sound that came from heaven. Hallelujah. And there's a sound of an apostolic five-fold ministry uh, that's not worried about appeasing flesh, but will stand flat-footed and preach the word of God without fear nor favor. If we ever needed a man of, a man of God, an evangelist, a pastor, uh, whoever it may be in the ministry to stand and preach, it's today. It's our only hope. Hallelujah. Of course, judgment came. Lives were destroyed. The question reigned, who is on the Lord's side? May I ask us today, are you sure you're on the Lord's side? Oh, but brother, when I go to church, I pay tithe. Yeah, you understand there's going to be people that go to hell. Having believed one God, repented of their sins at one time, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they dressed right, they paid tithe and offering. But somewhere something was missing in the heart. There was absolutely no relationship. Young people, you hear me today. It's all about relationship. You can quote the Bible backwards and forwards. But if you don't know him, if you don't know him, if you don't know him. You know my goal, hear me very carefully. It gets quiet every time I say this. A sense of my goal is not to make heaven my home. And my goal is to know him. Because there are people that have started on that road to heaven. And because they didn't know him, Elder, they find themselves over here. Drunk and intoxicated on the things of the world. But if you know him. If your hand is in his hand and your other is in your pastor's hand. 
and you're not wishy-washy. You're not saying, well, I wonder if it takes that anymore. And uh, It's just too tough. And man, look at everybody else's growing leaps and bounds. Get your eyes looking unto who? Jesus. He started it and he's going to finish it. And what he started in you, he will finish in you if you let him. Hallelujah. That's why the Apostle Paul in a church full of problems in Corinth, he quotes the same verse again. He's trying to warn a church. He said, hey, we were all, all, all. Our fathers were under the cloud, passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses. All of this symbolic. They all did eat the same spiritual meat. They all did drink the same spiritual drink. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. He's not talking about sinners here, folks. He's talking about the church of the Old Testament. His own flesh and blood people. They were overthrown in the wilderness. And he put it here for our example. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. There's no time to play around. not time to put confidence in the flesh there's no time for spiritual horseplay spiritual foolishness shenanigans and playing games with God no time for playing around brothers and sisters uh, what does it mean to play around well there's uh, a lot of different connotations and definitions but the one that jumped out to me was to behave in a playful or frivolous manner to fool around hear me not trying to sound like a broken record, Polly Parrot, but there's no time for playing around with dead church. The world needs the church to be the church. There's no time for playing around with missing church and unfaithfulness. There's no time for prayerlessness. There's no time for compromise. Hallelujah. There's no time for pornography. There's no time for adultery and fornication. There's no time for false doctrine. There's no time for the things of this world. But we've learned how to play around. Oh yeah, we have. You know what happened what playing around happens? What it brings forth? Hosanna, Hosanna, woo, big church. The whole time the Lord knew these same people here in just a couple days are going to turn around and say, crucify them. Because they were wishy-washy, it wasn't in their heart. They were caught up in the loaves and the fishes, even the twelve. The twelve men he handpicked. Oh, Peter, oh yeah, woo, thou art the Christ. But he didn't have a relationship with him. Judas was a thief. Thomas was a doubter. They all forsook him and fled in his darkest moment. They didn't realize it was their darkest moment. They were weary. They couldn't even stay awake for one hour and pray. And let me commend you. I don't know what the ladies sound like because the guys had their mouths going. I say that with all the greatest respect. I'm telling you, it's one of the missing things in Pentecost and it's absolutely killing us. I told you, I'm not the typical evangelist, but I was born in the fires, my grandfather said, and I can't settle for smoke. There is no hope of apostolic Pentecostalism without an old-fashioned prayer room. Young people, you hear me. You better get a hold of prayer. It's your only hope. 
You're not going to feel doodads every time you pray, but you just pray, and you pray again, and you pray until you pray through. You can shout with the best of them. And I like the shout. Brother Sampson, I've wondered sometimes in our camp meetings, in our youth rallies, in our services, whatever happened to laying on our face before God, tears streaming down our cheeks, saying, God, search. God, I'm not perfect. I failed today. I said something I shouldn't have said. But we don't want to be real. We want to hide behind our image. Look, I got everything on. God sees right through it. Quit playing around. But Hosanna turned to crucify. But in between there, the Lord stopped and he wept over the city. He said, oh God, if you only knew. You only understood the time of your visitation. Elder, how many times have you been preaching with a burden on your heart? Maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know. And you see people. God's moving. And it's like they're clueless. There's no time for playing around. Samson, what on earth are you doing? Chosen by God, and I'm hurrying. Chosen by God before birth to begin to deliver his people from the hands of the Philistines. Godly mother and father. But from a young age, Samson had a problem with relationships. Friends, young ladies. But oh, he had an anointing. Talented. Listen to me today. We read these stories. I tell you, that was not Superman, Batman, Transformers, and whatever other idiotic stuff they've come up with today. These were real human beings just like you and I. They failed. They were imperfect. They made mistake after mistake after mistake. God knew we were going to make mistakes. The day he filled you with the Holy Ghost, he knew every failure you were already going to make. This is where we get if we're not careful. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Helder, we have a Holy Ghost hoedown. What kind of church is this? Woo-hoo! Monday, Tuesday, roll around. We play around with God. Come back Wednesday night. That's it when y'all have church Wednesday night. Wednesday night, Bible study, whatever God's doing. Woo, okay, let me get my shout on. Let me put my suit, my dress on. Let me make sure my got all the rule, the boxes checked. But if you don't think what happened to Samson can happen to us, will you allow me to be transparent this morning? I know what it is to sit on a drum stool first time for 18 years without a night off. I played a total of of 22 out of my 44 years on a drum set with never a night off. And I watch musicians. I'm not here picking on musicians today, but I've watched musicians across Pentecost and I cringe. Sister Sampson, because you know they're talented, unbelievably talented, but you never see them get off an instrument. 
And that I've watched, I backslid sitting right on an aisle. I didn't go out in the world. Son, just be a friend. Oh, Dad, we're friends. Oh, a whole lot more than friends, and I knew it. Spirit of rebellion got a hold of me in my late teen years. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a preacher that walked down and put his finger in my face and said, you're the one I'm talking to. Oh, it cost him. It cost me. You talking about embarrassment? You talking about sitting down for six months? Oh, it's quiet now. I'm just being real trying to help somebody. We're all here by the grace and mercy of God. Brother Samson, I know what it is for him to get up that night. I'll never forget it and preach on foot washing communion and the seriousness of that ceremony. Fear, oh, I feel it right now. Fear gripped my heart. And I left church, went and talked to a friend of mine. He said, you know what you got to do? I said, I know. I went back and fell in my daddy's arms confessing my sin. I stand here today because of that. Now, I'm not patting myself on the back. I should have never ended up in that place, but I didn't listen. And guess what? The majority of our problems is we don't listen. Elder gets up and preaches. Yeah, well, that's just his opinion. No, it's not. It's the word of God. We're here because a woman and a man did not listen to God. It's that simple. Started playing around with that, that one thing they couldn't have. And Samson found out all about it. We know the story. Closer. See, when you start playing, the devil starts playing. And oh, he could walk out of Delilah's house and walk right back into Sunday night church service and shout and dance and flip the switch. But there came a moment. Go read it. Samson says, wake up, the Philistines are upon you. And he wist not that the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. God was nowhere to be found because he was playing around. I know this is heavy today. But there's no time for playing around. We've got to bring our carnality and our flesh under subjection. We've got to lay ourselves on an altar and say, God, fix me and my inconsistencies and my failures and my shortcomings that I may help somebody else. Five wise, five foolish. All of them had the Holy Ghost. There's something to be said about being full of the Holy Ghost. And I will never forget, I promise I'm almost done. I don't know how long y'all preach around here. Here just a few weeks, a few months ago, sitting in a youth rally, elder, this particular fellowship does things a little bit differently. They don't really have, they have exhortation, but uh, they allow the youth groups to come and to... Uh, do skits, not comical stuff, biblical. Act like a little play skit, the message. Sitting there that night in the pew, my uncle's youth group gets up and the lights go out. 
I'll never forget it as long as I live. Oh, you talking about, whoo, make the hair step on your back, the back of your neck. Smaller shotgun church. They come walking down the aisle with lanterns representing the lamps of the story that I'm telling you. Everybody looked good. Everybody had their lamp. It was on. It was bright. Got in the front and began to talk and communicate and said, well, it's time to rest. And five over here and five over here. And these over here hollered at the, the, uh, the foolish, hollered at the wise. Are you going to turn your lamps out? Like, no, no, no. Uh, we'd rather rest where the light is. Uh, we don't like darkness. Yeah, but we don't like all that light. We, we like it to be dark and... They had more communication. About that time, they played the sound of a trumpet. The foolish, as the Bible said, they all slept. Boy, these wise wake up. Young man walks out representing God, welcomes them in. That door clicks shut. And these over here begin to wake up and realize what had happened. They begin to look for those. And again, I missed that part, but they ran to them. Hey, can you know we don't have, we got enough for us. Why don't you go out there and find some? It's too late. And that door was shut. I'm telling you, they let out a blood curdling scream and ran to that door. Ah, let us in! Can I tell you something? We don't stop and think about that, but that day is coming. Noah, Noah, please open the door. Let us in. We don't listen now. We're tired of playing around. When God shuts the door, brother, it's shut. There's coming a day. He's going to shut the door. Would you stand with me today? They showed up, hey God, hey, Woo, he said it. We cast out devils, we went to church, we went to camp meeting, we went to youth camp. Oh, oh, we. I never, listen folks, knew you. You go look up that word knew, that is a relationship word. You played around too much. Walk carefully. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul said in that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness. We don't need a party. We don't need to be playing around. We need to put on the Lord Jesus and that's what Paul continued to talk about in Ephesians 5 in the next two verses he said wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is and be not drunk with wine you put a lot of places in that blank because people are drunk on all kind of things today I know grown men brother Sampson Older than me, raised on an apostolic pew that would sit for 24 hours at a gaming computer while his wife went to church. 
Something's not right there, folks. We're so consumed and distracted by the world that we live in. And we think just because we come to a one God apostolic tongue talking holy rolling born again church. That we're just going to waltz into heaven. He said but be filled with the spirit. Filled with the spirit. I'm done today. I got a question for you. When's the last time you spoke in tongues? Fluently. When's the last time you prayed until tears streamed down your cheeks? I'm done preaching, but I got to say this. I felt this today. In worship service. You don't know me. I'm not here picking on anybody. You pull my coattail, Elder, if I get out of line. But can I challenge every man and every warm-blooded man in this church? Hopefully there's no effeminate man. That don't even make sense. That's an oxymoron. Do you understand the devil has unleashed his fury against masculinity? He is shutting, you hear me, in Pentecost, he is shutting the mouth of many Pentecostal men. Thank you men for your prayer today. But in worship, you ought to be the leaders. You ought to be the first ones on your feet backing up your pastor. You want your kids to follow? You lead them. But the spirit of feminism has eaten Pentecost alive. I'm not a male chauvinist. It's Bible. One of the reasons we're in trouble today is because the places have been flip-flopped. And you got men trying to be women and men, women trying to be men. Right. And it's killing us. And too many pulpits have gone silent. Again, you better thank God for a man that's standing and says it's not going to happen here. I know men, we work jobs, we get busy, we're, we're weary, I'm t- but I'm telling you, men, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. God's always had a man. And that man, and that man need good men to stand behind them lock, stock, and barrel. And say, baby, kids, whatever they say, that's how it goes. It's not up for discussion. We're not going to argue. You want to be saved? As for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. We're not playing games anymore. Hallelujah. I'm done. But I believe there needs to be a response. You'll learn real quickly, Brother Witt doesn't really give altar calls because in my book, the altar's never open or closed. It's, it's here. If you're a guest today and something the Holy Ghost has said has pricked your heart, I invite you to come kneel in an old-fashioned altar and let God change your life. He is real. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. But you got to understand there's a price to pay. Eternity is long. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Hallelujah. There's coming a reckoning day. Will you hear him say, well done? Or depart from me? Come on, church, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Don't be ashamed to pray. Don't be ashamed to call out.